Good afternoon. Thank you for being here today. I'm uh, Manny Fernandez. I'm the Houston Bureau Chief for the New York Times. And on behalf of the Texas Tribune, I'm very happy to welcome everyone to the fourth annual Texas Tribune Festival and to our panel today entitled, What to Do with the Dreamers. Our panelists are um, George Baldor, a Dallas businessman who started a website supporting the Texas Dream Act, also known as HB 1403. The website is keephb1403.com. Veronica Escobar, the, uh, the, the county judge of El Paso County. She became the top elected official in Texas's sixth largest county in 2011. We also have Gabby Pacheco, program director of a national college scholarship fund for undocumented students called thedream.us. Last April, she became the first undocumented Latina to testify before Congress. We also have with us Jerry Patterson, the Texas Land Commissioner. He's a former state senator who helped the Texas Republican Party adopt a more moderate position on immigration in its 2012 official party platform. We also have George Rodriguez, the South Texas coordinator of the Tea Party Patriots. He co-hosts a show on RagingElephantsRadio.com, and in 2011, he became the first Hispanic president of a major Tea Party group when he headed the San Antonio Tea Party. We also have with us Congressman Mark Vesey, who represents Congressional and District 33 in the U.S. House of Representatives. The Congressman has been an outspoken supporter of comprehensive immigration reform. In 2013, he invited an undocumented immigrant from Texas, one of the first undocumented students to pursue a higher education in Texas, right here at UT Austin, to be his guest at President Obama's State of the Union address. Our discussion today will last 60 minutes and will include time for 15 to 20 minutes of questions from the audience. I'd like to ask everyone to please silence your phone. In June of 2001, Texas became the first state in the country to adopt a law allowing undocumented students to pay in-state tuition rates to attend public universities. There have been efforts in the legislature to repeal this law since then, but all of them have failed so far. Conservative activists and lawmakers will try once more this coming legislative session to stop what has become known as the Texas Dream Act. The Texas Republican Party's official 2014 platform calls for repealing the law. Nationally, meanwhile, comprehensive immigration reform has stalled in Washington as DREAMers and other advocates are pressing Congress for an overhaul that would create a formal path to citizenship for young people who came here as children. DREAMers have become an influential political voice, appearing on the cover of Time magazine and playing a key role in shaping immigration policy. Gabby, uh, I'd like to start with you if I could. Sure. Um, who are the DREAMers and how many are there in the United States? So there are about 2.1 million uh, dreamers who came to the United States when they were children. Uh, they're usually categorized as people that came to the United States before the age of 16. And we have seen different DREAM Act legislation, so um, majority of the students do follow that criteria. Uh, these are students that have gone through our public school systems. These are students that identify with the American culture, um, that categorize themselves as Americans, and seek that opportunity to be able to one day uh, be able to get a green card and hopefully after five years apply for citizenship. Um, Congressman, if I could ask you, you've, there, there's a lot of arguments out there for DREAMers uh, uh, to get a path, a formal path to citizenship. I know you've made some, some of the economic arguments. What are some of the economic arguments that you would make uh, well, I mean, for I th dreamers? I think some of the biggest economic arguments uh, that one could make is, you know, most of the dreamers are educated here in Texas, and they have gone to our public schools. Uh, their parents have paid taxes into 
uh, for, for sales tax and, and other taxes, and they're educated here. Uh, but you know, people don't want to give them the path to citizenship, so they can even be more productive uh, uh, citizens in our society. And I just, and to me, that doesn't make any sense um, uh, for us not to want to do everything we can uh, to let that talent come out of the shadows uh, and even make the American economy stronger. And uh, to me, it just makes sense uh, to uh, give these dreamers a chance. And, and many of these dreamers even want to serve in the military. Uh, and they want to contribute uh, to our national security again, why not give them that opportunity uh, when they want to just participate like everybody else? Okay. Um, George, uh, let me get you to jump in here. What, uh, what is wrong with uh, HB 1403 which in Texas which allows uh, well, tuition? Let me throw the skunk on the table real quick and just ask the question. What part of the word illegal do you not understand? The problem that we've got is illegal immigration. Here we go. You know, let me talk. The problem that we've got is illegal immigration, and the only way that we're ever going to stop illegal immigration is to stop having magnets in the United States. And this Dream Act, this Texas Dream Act, is one of those. The other thing we've got to stop is to stop apologizing for being conservative, for being Americans, and somehow feeling that we are going to be the orphanage for the rest of the world. We can't do that. The reality is that we need to remove as much of this emotion because everybody's got a sob story. Everybody, there are billions of sob stories in the, in, in the world about people who want to come to the United States and that's understandable. We are the greatest country in the world. But at what point do we say we control who comes in and who doesn't and while we have all sorts of excuses while we have all sorts of allowances, while we have all sorts of uh, justifications for anyone, regardless of what age they, were, they, they came to the United States illegally, that's the problem. And what we've got right now, you cannot enter a Spurs game without a ticket. You can't enter a UT game without a ticket. Why is that different for entering the United States? Commissioner, do you, can I ask you to, to jump in? And Is George's views on the extreme end of the Republican Party, or is it on the mainstream? You know, if you take all Republican voters, I think, in the term extreme was, let's say far right. Let's don't say extreme. Let's say the right. I think if you take all voters, he's to the right, considerably to the right. Correction, if you take all voters, he's, he's not, uh, I'm confusing myself here. All voters, he's to the right. Primary voters, he's in the middle. All Republican uh, voters. But my point I'd like to ask George, though, is that we talk in these, uh, uh, you know, black and white, uh, they're illegal. First of all, you know, they're illegal, but they didn't break any laws when they came here. It is impossible. I mean, George, let me ask you this. Have you had any kids? If you went to rob a bank and carried your six-year-old with no, you, no. would they be okay. guilty of if bank robbery? To, well, see, what you're trying to do... <laughs> robbing a bank is still robbing a bank. It's still breaking the law. Yeah, but the it's child in the back the of the car didn't break the law when they robbed the bank. That's a difference. Well, the, the child is going to be taken away, though. Well, here's, a, here's an interesting no, point. No, no, you no, say wait. Let's follow no, that. Okay, let's follow okay that. all right, go ahead. Let's follow that, because what you are saying is that because I commit the, 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 the crime, then for some reason the child is not, is not responsible. But we're talking That's about exactly here, what I'm what saying. We're, what, what we're talking about here is not... That type of situation is that they had come in illegally. They did not. The they child came did not. In the child they did not here. come in illegally. They did the not parents come in. came in illegally. They were brought so, in as contraband. Well, you're saying. Okay, you're I mean, saying, let's, I mean George, let's take this saying, to the you're logical. You're the children brought in illegally as the, they, when they, they were are, They're here illegally. What part of that don't you understand? They, they you know, I'll grant you that. I grant you their status. permission. I grant you that their status is illegally. But those who were brought here when they were below the age of majority by their parents broke no laws. So, in other words, when I hear this so, mantra, so in other when words, I hear they're, this inno mantra, they're completely innocent. No, uh, yes, they are innocent. Okay, of breaking so they're their completely laws. innocent, and we're going to leave them alone. I didn't say that, George. Let me finish here. They, they are here illegally. They broke no laws. There is a distinction, and then we need to carry this out to its logical extension. If they are here illegally, we agree on that. I agree with you on that. They didn't break any laws coming here. What are we going to do about it? The real question in all this immigration debate is, what are we going to do? And if we do, if we're if they're just particularly here, to prevent any more from coming, we have a situation in El pa outside of a, near El Paso where a two-year-old child was sent out just across the border. 
Now, how are you going to stop? How are you going to keep that from happening anymore? But, you know, you, you but make George, a point. But George, can you, can you answer what do we do with What do we do the, with, with, with the, the question? Do we deport them? I would, hey, until you enforce the law as strong as possible, you are always going to have illegal immigration. Uh, it, we are probably very close on that, on that point. But my question is, the topic is Dreamer. What do we do? Do we deport them? I would say yes. Okay. There you have it. I would say yes, because the same argument that, that, that Mark made a little while ago about how beneficial they are for the United States, the same argument can be made about them going home to their na- native lands. They can be beneficial to their so home. So here's, here's the point. I want to I carry on that. So you have, you have boldly, and I, and I admire you for doing this, you have boldly taken the, this. You I was invited t- because I'm the only one that speaks, that, that will speak th- this way. No, Everybody, yeah, no, all not. the politicians but let me are afraid just, Let me just say this. this. You have boldly taken a position. I admire you for doing so. I like people to stand up and have a belief system. You have advocated that we deport the dreamers. Okay. Yes. Do you know? So therefore, uh, what about the other illegals undocumented here too? We deport Until them? we deport everyone so 12 that enters million. So your position is we deport 12 million people. Now, do you want to live in a country that has enough police power in light of what happened at Ruby Ridge, in light of what happened in, in the... So the police period? are bad? Uh, yeah, frankly. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, I want to be yeah, sure. Too I, many federal Jer- cops I are want bad. Jerry, you, I want Jerry to, to, uh, to repeat that. You say, you're saying that the cops are bad for interporting? I'm saying that too many federal cops are bad. Okay. Right. You know what? I, I, have a, I have faith in my local law enforcement, in the DPS, in the county, in the city. I don't have as much faith in federal law enforcement because I've seen what they do. ATF is a classic example. Gabby, you know? can, I, can I have you jump in? Uh, sure. Especially, can you talk about your own status and your views and thoughts when George was talking about what to do with the Dreamers? Sure. So currently I have uh, a status that's called DACA, Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, and it allows me to be in the country with a lawful presence for two years. Um, it's renewable, and in December I'll be renewing that. Uh, and if I was to be given a chance to get in line, which is another line that we usually hear, um, I would do it. I would gladly do it. I don't think anybody in the country who doesn't have documentation who is unauthorized likes it. We do not like living in fear. We do not like um, being afraid of calling the police when there's a disturbance because we're afraid that they're going to ask us for our documentation. We also don't like uh, not knowing the uncertainty of you know, what's going to happen to us tomorrow, uh, not being able to contribute, not being able to, in Texas alone, <clears throat> in 2010, uh, the unauthorized were providing about $1.6 billion in taxes. And today, when I was buying my lunch, I, the, the guide, Nick, I didn't get to say, hey, Nick, I'm undocumented. Please do not tax me. That's just not a reality, right? We pay taxes. We're contributing members to the society. And I think that one of the things is really simple if we talk about it, like George was saying, a ticket, right? But there are people that are standing in the line that are saying, come in. And there are people and businesses that are saying, Let's go. You know, we need more people to work here. And this is not as simple as somebody um, having a ticket or not. The reality is that the United States has broken immigration laws. Uh, The reality is that there is a magnet, and it's called businesses, and it's called politicians who do not want to fix this issue. And I think that for us to just put it so simple, when we know that this issue is very complex, um, yes, this issue creates a lot of emotions because we're not just talking about a number. We're not talking about 12 million people. We're talking about individual, individual lives. We're talking about mothers and fathers and workers, um, individuals like myself who have a degree, who is contributing, wants to do a lot more, but it's limited because there is no system. There is no way for me to get a green card. I got DACA when I was given an opportunity to get some sort of status, but there's nothing else from that. So I think that uh, for too long, even I think the argument that George makes is an emotional one. It's not a rational one that uh, opens up for dialogue and opens up to have our elected officials like Ted Cruz, who doesn't necessarily bring an, uh, a solution you know, deporting 12 million people is not a solution. We're not going to be able to do it. We don't have the manpower. We don't have the dollars. And frankly, 
there's a lot of people who are hiring undocumented people that want to be able to have those people have legal status because they know what a good workforce they are, but they can't. Congressman, do you hear a version of George's argument uh, among the Republicans in, in Congress, or do you, do you hear something different? Uh, I mean, there are certainly uh, members of Congress. I mean, you know, the congressman from uh, Iowa, you know, Steve King, uh, I mean, he's a, you know, a perfect example of someone that probably would line up, uh, you know. You hear it in the black community. Uh, I will tell here's what I will say about uh, say in, the, in, the, in the black community is that I think that uh, President Obama has done an outstanding job in, 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 in making sure that people come together and understand that this is an important issue, people of all races. As a matter of fact, uh, there was a poll that I saw earlier this year that, uh, that showed just how high uh, immigration reform uh, was as far as being able to get it passed in the African-American community, had overwhelming support in the African-American community. Uh, and so I would say that the president has done a, a, a good job. And I think that, uh, you know, as more people speak out about the importance of comprehensive immigration reform and they see that what it does for the economy uh, and they understand that, uh, that I mean, there, there are uh, in, in a lot of the uh, African-American communities in, in Fort Worth that I represent and all around the state of Texas, uh, you know, the, the kids live and go to school there, you know, at Dunbar High School, at Odie White High School, predominantly African-American high schools. So, uh, you know, people are, are friends with one another. Many people in the African-American community uh, have lived uh, with uh, neighbors that are undocumented for years now. Uh, and so um, I would say that uh, I, I would, so I would disagree with you, you know, on, on that. But yeah, there are members of Congress, absolutely, that do take those extreme positions. Um, George, can I interrupt you? George, were you saying that the black community would yes. side with the Republicans yes. on this we issue? Have, that? You know, we have, and you can deny it all you want. Deny it all you want. Deny it all you want. Because I have been in forums where black residents have stood up and, and been very, very angry about the issue of amnesty and uh, an open border. I, I know for a fact that uh, when, when uh, the city of Houston, when Harris County was, was, uh, was uh, preparing to uh, uh, open a, uh, a site for uh, undocumented minors in, uh, in one community, there were black residents that were fit to be tied that called out Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee on it. And that was on, that was on YouTube. So I'm not sure why, you know, other than you're playing politics, and this is the problem with this whole issue: is you're playing politics rather than you're. Than well, you're let, well, let the me problem. say this: I think that um, that there is a lot of education that needs to go on. And again, I think the That's president right. has done a great job of bringing everybody together. But you know, oftentimes, particularly because Texas is a border state, you know, people oftentimes uh, think of this as a, a Hispanic or a Latino issue. But guess what? If you go to New York City, the people that are living in New York City that are undocumented, mo mo many of them look like me. Uh, and some of, the pe some of these kids that have been coming over from Central America, from Honduras and places like that, uh, you know, many of them are, are, are black. Some of them are black. And so, uh, you, uh, again, once people are educated on the issue and see how this is a global issue, that it's not just about one region of the world. And I think that many of the people that have tried to turn this into a racial issue, has, they've only centered on Mexico and, and, and Central America. But this is a, a global issue that is affecting uh, many people around the country, and, 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 and many of those are, are black as well. George Baldor, um, how hard is it going to be to convince voters like George that we need to keep the Texas Dream Act and it does not need to be repealed at a time when there is this, this uh, sort of momentum to some of the arguments that George was making? Like, how do you try to keep... Uh, the law uh, on the books. Right. Well, I think uh, as a Texas business person, I think uh, my perspective is maybe a little bit different. Um, I've had a business for about a little bit over 20 years, and so I've had to be pretty pragmatic. Um, you know, I've, I've met over 600 payrolls in that period of time. So I understand the importance of uh, bringing the sides together and making things, you know, being, being practical. Um, in that regard, I know that as a business person, uh, all of us in Texas really benefit from having an educated workforce. And I think the value of that is really underestimated and not really discussed enough in this discussion. I think um, we as a society benefit by having uh, a more inclusive and more educated workforce that can maximize their potential. 
Um, I think also on a pragmatic side, um, we're, we're spending about $8,600 a year to educate uh, each of the, our, our students in Texas. And so to spend that kind of investment and then when you get to the college or university level and let them at that point not have the opportunity to continue their education, I think we're losing out on the potential, uh, you know, not just their individual potential, but their collective potential and us as a society. I think, you know, there's a, everybody wants a piece of the pie, but, and there's a piece there, but collectively, the more educated we are and the, and the more involved and, and the more of these resources that we can use, we're going to have a bigger pie, and that's what it's about. And I think uh, the reality of 1403 kind of stems from, you know, we're talking about less than 1% of the students in, in the uh, colleges and universities, and about 80% of them are actually junior college students. So we're spending a lot of time and energy focusing on this one subject, and I think a lot of it is because it's an easy target. You know, this is not a voting uh, population, so it's easy for them to be picked on, and I think kind of bullied. Into, uh, George, a, can, you, can you touch on that a little bit about why spend so much conservative energy on an issue that affects less than 1%? Because it's a magnet. It is the symbolism. It is a magnet. The, the, uh, contrary to what has been said, the uh, immigration immigration uh, laws are not broken. They're not being enforced. They're just not being enforced. They're not broken. The headache that we've got, my friends, and I worked on the 1986 law myself, I have seen how businesses are not, are, are not uh, fined or, uh, or punished for hiring illegal aliens. So while you've still got that, the illegal aliens are going to come, obviously, because they can work. The other issue is, as far as workers go, a workers program goes, the other issue is that we've got to not only enforce the law to stop illegal immigration and illegal work, workers coming in, we've got to do something about the welfare reform. We've got to do some welfare reform because there are a lot of people that are sitting home watching Jerry Springer who could be out there working. And that's the headache that we've got. Well, well, let's, we did let's, it. Focus on, let's focus on these kids. Right. Let's focus on these kids. And you know, no, these, no, wait, these wait, are wait, our neighbors, and these are the ones that have gone to our local schools. Okay, go ahead. I'll go after. All right. The headache that we've got in the issue of, uh, of workers is that when we did an, a study in California uh, in, the 19, in 1985 to see how it would work to get illegal aliens out of the fields and, into, uh, and, 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 uh, and folks that were on welfare out to work, we found that the comparison of somebody on, on receiving benefits to somebody out there working was almost the same. So why, they're not dumb. Why get out there in the sun when you can get uh, welfare benefits? George, did you want to? Okay, the, the point is that we have these, these children that are in our schools, that are in our neighborhoods. These are kids that have grown up here. They've gone through the adversities that it's taken to complete their education. Most of them, a lot of them are working to support their family while they're going through high school. A lot of them are valedictorians, community leaders. And so what gets twisted with the argument about 1403 is that it's about taking someone's seat in that classroom. So 1403 is strictly on finance. They've already gone through the admission process, through their own volition, through their own achievements. They've already been accepted. 1403 is strictly about whether they're going to pay in-state tuition or out-of-state tuition. So these are Texas residents that have been here more than three They're years. Illegals. They're not okay, you asked, They're me to, you asked me to complete, and I'm going to ask you the same. They're illegals. Okay, I'm going to complete. So the argument that we hear about repealing 1403 is that they're taking uh, space away from other students. That's not a valid argument. That's, a, that's an admission issue, not 1403, which is strictly finance. So these are students that are already paying an additional uh, uh, Price because their their requirements for their being able to be in state is a three year requirement instead of a, a typical person from another state which is a one year requirement. So the requirements are already tougher for them to meet. So I think as a society, for us to turn our backs on these students that have been raised in our backyards and have gone through our public schools that we've had this investment for to turn around and tell them that they don't have the opportunities. I came as an immigrant from Cuba, and I've had the opportunity to be. To, to achieve the American dream, and I live it every day. So I want to turn around and try to help as many people as I can, and this is why I'm, as a private citizen, 
on this panel and starting uh, this keephb1403.com to help these other students that need that helping hand. They don't need a boot, they need a hand. And George. Yes, <laughs> please. Um, you know, it's, you and I had a conversation right before the panel started, and it's pretty remarkable that we are even having this conversation. Because when you look at um, Texans like Gabby, these are people you want in your state. These are the very young, talented leaders that make our communities strong, that make our educational system strong, that make our country strong. And the fact that we are even talking about what to do with the dreamers is really stunning. And it's, it's, um, it's unfortunate that in our state we keep going backward. And in fact, we don't take the long view forward. We, excuse me, sir. We rarely have the long view forward. And so when you think about the long term in your state, you want a talented, educated workforce so that you can be competitive. And when you're, when you're saying that people like Gabby should be deported, and, and where I will agree with George is we do have to take the emotion out of the argument. When you take the emotion out of the argument, there's no rational reason why we should go down this path. The more money that we invest in deportation or boots on the ground or various other Republican measures that try to create a crisis where there is none, it's, a, it's not just a waste of taxpayer resources, but what we're doing is we're putting a strain on the very taxpayers who are wanting a competitive state, who are wanting to be able to progress. And so the, I think part of what we need more of, frankly, is more of um, what we saw, really exciting human-searing drama just moments ago, where the commissioner pushed back on a member of his own party that is trying to pull the state backward. Uh, commissioner? Backward. Yeah, I, you... I'd like to, several things. I've been trying to take notes, but my memory is not very good. But uh, I agree with George on some points. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we agree, and I disagree with the judge here about the, the false crisis at the border. We have a crisis at the border, and it's got a new dynamic now in the last year, and it's called terrorism. I mean, it's not just an immigration. It's not just a, the usual issue that it used to be. And it's not just on this border. It's on the northern border. It's on the border that comes in with uh, commercial airlines. We have a terrorism issue that brought onto this. But when George says that we have, there's nothing wrong with the immigration system, that's about the most bizarre statement I, I, I can, you know, respectfully, George. Uh, the, num the maximum number of immigrants that are allowed into this country on an annual basis from Iceland is the same as it is for Mexico. Mexico has a population of 125 million, Iceland 350,000. How is that a system that you can defend? You can't. It's not a system. It is broken. It's non-existent, right. and it doesn't serve our needs. Let me finish. We have an Im the immigration system. Number one consideration should be that which serves our needs in this country. No other country. Not in Mexico, not in Central America, not in Iceland. If it happens to benefit them, that's fine. But it's supposed to benefit us first. And the intellectual honesty that's lacking on both sides, probably including me, when you say, well, and, and I saw this in, the, in recent campaigns. We had four candidates in a, re a race I was recently involved in. Not one of them sorts, supports deportation of the 12 million that are here. I know of no Republican, including Steve King, and I could be wrong, that supports deportation. It is a fact. They are here. We need to deport the coyotes, the criminals, the narco-traffickers. But to say we're going to wholesale deportation of 12 million people is intellectually dishonest because it ain't happening. And furthermore, 1403 is an economic deal. It's in-state tuition. And then if you say we're not going to allow them to have in-state tuition, but they're going to be able to pay regular tuition, which is still subsidized by taxpayers in the state of Texas, it's intellectually dishonest. We've got to figure out what we do and how we fix it and how we address these. And I'll give you an example. I was in the Marine Corps. I was in Vietnam. I served with young Marines who were illegals, and they were damn fine Marines, and they ought to have a right to stay in this country. Military service, which I think you agree with, George, is a pathway to, to legal status. I think I've, you agree with that. Do you? No, I don't. Well, you wrote that in the column you wrote to the San Antonio I, I Express don't. News, I, which I, I, I have. I, I, have a, I, feel. I got a copy of it right here. You said that in your column. But the problem with military service is that can only serve a certain number of that I support Jerry. them doing something to make their status legal. And, it, you know, community Jerry. service, military service. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, let me tell you the problem again is illegal immigration. 
We will always have illegal immigration while we've got magnets. I, I don't disagree, but well, what do we do? Are, we, are you trying to justify the, What do we do with the 12 million that are here and the 2 if million? If we enforce the law, they would go home. I no, they're not. Are you going to go yeah. home? No, no. Let me tell you. Uh, well, I you are she's home. She's not going to go home right, right now. <laughs> right now, under these circumstances. The, the only okay, but you, I think we're getting somewhere. The only way she's going to go home if, is if we deport her. And you said no, no, just no. then it's well, not going to happen. Also, if she, uh, she would go home if, she, if there was no no employment. If she no, did, if she could not get employment. There are statistics that show that people who are in extreme poverty. Usually stay home. It is a courageous, super courageous act to leave the United States. My parents left behind everything a comfortable family, a home, everything. But they did it because they loved their children so much. They wanted to give us a future. And, and that fine. takes courage. That's fine. But people don't right leave. People don't leave. And, and we right. came, and, and you're right. 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 We came. Let me finish. We came to the United States. My parents did you or did you not advice. do it the wrong way to come to the United States? No, we came with a legal visa. You can't, so, and, then, and now what? So why are you illegally then? Because our system is broken. Ah, because you it's overstayed. It's not working. You broke we, the law. We overstayed a visa. I stand. But and if but you speed, then you're illegal and you've broken the law because then you're breaking the law. If that's the definition of illegal that you're using for someone who's not documented, we've all broken the law at some point. Uh, that's, if that's what all you're hanging on to, then you are clearly hanging on to the most emotional part of the about? argument. Talking about, what are you talking yeah. about? Illegal. What, what? I just want to say that specifically on the education part, right? Um, so the Dream that US is a scholarship program for dreamers. It is privately funded. We have um, from the many families in the United States that are more affluent who are part of this and started this and have given. We currently have $33.5 million in the fund and it's growing. And this scholarship program is giving opportunities for dreamers and many of them here in Texas to go to our Texas schools in Dallas, in Houston, in a real grand uh, area in El Paso. And we do that because we understand the power of education. It is said that people who go to college are most likely 80% more to give into taxes. Um, also, for people who are uh, majority of the immigrants, their average income is $36,000. And if you don't give them the opportunity to pay in-state, usually that's about $20,000 a year that they would have to pay. Nobody, no family could be able to afford that. Um, so I think that the arguments for the education part are there. I don't really think that anybody that loves their country, loves where they live, their community, would be against anybody that has, has the heart and desire to either serve in the military or go into college and receive an education can be against somebody wanting to fulfill that dream. Commissioner, uh, the 2014 Republican Party of Texas platform calls for the repeal of the Texas Dream Act. Do you support that, or are you against that? I think the Texas Dream Act is uh, is a symbol. It's not substantive in this debate. Here's the problem with the Texas Dream Act. Texas had to do something. And whether you like it or not, they did something. The problem is on a federal level. The federal government, the Congress, and it's not going to happen as long as Obama's president because we are so polarized up there, and the incompetency of our president is part it's of that. But it's not. Gonna, we need to fix it on a federal it needs to fix it on a federal level where there is a method for those who are here, who are illegal, who did not break their, our laws in coming here to obtain a legal status. Military service is clearly one that would work, but that's not available for everyone. There needs to be a method for those who did not break our law when they came here to achieve a status to where they won't have to worry about a state legislature passing an in-state tuition bill for those who are not documented and who are here. But would you, would you want to see it stay on the books, or would you want to see I it? I would want to see it stay on the books, books for the mere symbolism of it. Because we're, our head is in the sand, because if we, if we say, okay, we're going to repeal 1403, then the question that follows is, okay, what do you do with those that are here? And that's why I keep trying to drive this argument, too. You can have all these platitudes and all these lines in the sand, and until you say, okay, fine, this is what we're going to do with the 12 million illegals or the 2 million dreamers that are here. You're just arguing in sophistry. It makes no difference. It's gutless. You need to talk about what are we going to do with those who are here. And if you don't have a plan for that, you're in favor of the status quo, which in effect is amnesty. Let, let me just say, yeah. let me 
say this since he you know mentioned the the, uh, the it's not going to happen because of the president. Um, you know, a comprehensive immigration reform bill has passed the Senate. It's overwhelmingly uh, you know passed the Senate, and we we can pass one in the House uh, tomorrow, and it will go to the president's desk, and and I have a very good feeling that he would sign it. Uh, but the problem is that Boehner will not let a bill onto the House floor and because of Cantor losing in the Republican primary because, again, the Republican primary, uh, I mean, you saw the ads during the uh, lieutenant governor's race uh, where they were using just outlandish language like invasions and things like that. Uh, and until the more uh, extreme elements like the Tea Party. Extreme again. Uh, gets out of the, uh, uh, stops, you know, taking over the, the Republican primaries, then we're going to continue to have this problem. When Cantor lost, the Republicans decided that we're, that they were not going to do any immigration reform for the rest of the year. You know, and and that's where that's the problem. That's where we're at right now. It doesn't have anything to do with, with the president. The, the problem with the immigration not reform much. bill is it was too big a bite for the Republicans to accept because it included a path to citizenship. Uh, that's not going to. We're, we're not ready for that now. And, and the other thing I, I would say to you is that you know, our Congress is afraid. It, all politicians are afraid. But the rhetoric in the in the lieutenant governor primary you were just talking about was focused on border security, and I'm completely in agreement with that. A nation that cannot secure its borders is not a secure nation. We have to secure our borders. But that, but that it, sort of rhetoric is what makes it hard to pass a bill. Our borders are not secure. But, but the rhetoric carried on in education as well. I think, I think there's a clear difference in education, whether you're for moving forward with, with educating our, our Texans or whether you're going to go backwards and reduce funding for education for teachers and reduce the ability for these dreamers to have an opportunity to get a college education. And I think that's the clear difference in the uh, lieutenant governor's race. I think whether we're going to move forward or whether we're going to move backwards. There, there was no policy difference on either on the guest worker program. All four candidates were in favor of a guest worker program. All four candidates opposed the deportation of 12 million illegal aliens. But the perception was in line with what George is advocating for one candidate. Perception carried the day, not reality. There wasn't a damn bit of difference plan. It's, it's, it's public record. George, how focused is the Tea Party on repealing the Texas Dream Act? Very. We are very focused. We are very, very adamant. And uh, contrary to what everybody believes that we're extremists, we represent the majority of what the American people want. Not what Latinos, not what blacks, not what any subcategory, what the American people want. And, uh, and, and, you know, and that's... If, let me tell you something. If, okay. Uh, to, just, to, just to illustrate to you uh, why he's wrong on that. Uh, again, <laughs> comprehensive immigration reform overwhelmingly passed, bipartisan on the Senate, overwhelmingly passed. I think it had over 70 votes, uh, well past the 60 votes needed to, uh, 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 to break the, the filibuster. Uh, if there was a comprehensive immigration reform bill on the House floor, Today it would pass. John Boehner won't let a bill on the House floor. It would it would pass in a bipartisan fashion. Uh, if you look at all the polls that are out there, uh, most uh, uh, you know business leaders, uh, the American people as a whole, uh, African Americans, uh, Latinos uh, believe uh, whites believe that we should have uh, immigration reform. And so I, I, I don't agree with his sentiment that, uh, that 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 they're in the mainstream of America. I think that most people would agree. And I think that, every, that we have freedom of speech in this country, and he certainly has the right to express his opinion uh, as, he, as he feels. But when you use words like uh, invasion and things like that, uh, and you don't correct people when they use that sort of language, uh, like the Tea Party... What do you call it? Like the Tea Party hasn't, uh, then you're, then you're going to be put in the extreme category. And I, and I think well, that, uh, that... I don't know what it is, then. I, 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 and to me, I think that's proper. If, if, if you ask the if you ask people across the board, uh, do you believe in amnesty? Yes, no. You're going to get a lot of no's, probably a majority. I would say. If you if you ask them, do you believe in securing our borders? You're going to get all the majority yes. But when you get down into the details of it, that's where I think George loses his argument because I spoke to a lot of hostile crowds, and at the end of the evening, I had them on my side because I went into details and I didn't stop at the cliches and two word bumper stickers. There's more to it. Our current system encourages more illegal immigration. We used to have a circular illegal immigration, nonetheless illegal, 
But people would come here and work and go home to their families. They can't do that anymore because it's too difficult to go back and forth across the border. So what do they want to do? They want to bring their family here. So our current system actually in, encourages more illegal immigration. And until we have a guest worker program, not a path to citizenship, where it's not H-1B visas, where it's the guy that's working in the restaurant, the guy that's working, you know, doing drywall, roofing houses, framing, working landscape, who wants to come here and do it and go home, we're going to continue to have an immigration. I want my immigration, my INS, my Border Patrol, my, I want them chasing narco-traffickers, not the guy that washes dishes in this hotel. That's right. And that's what we need to do, focus yes. and have a plan. Commissioner, um, why have so many um, Texas Republican leaders uh, been, uh, I guess, sort of afraid of coming out strongly and agreeing with you and saying, look, we need to keep the law in the books or not? Or why, why is there a little bit of a... It's, of it's a, fear. Uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's patently fear. It's too much of this and not enough of this. Huh. And, uh, and frankly, uh, it's also, you know, I've, I've, I lost uh, badly, you know, However, if I'd have had sufficient funds, I think we'd have been a different story. That's a whole other story. But my point is, if you lead them, if you talk to them, if you go over it in detail and don't do cliches, they will follow. There's just not enough people doing that. And That's really why we're, we keep revisiting these old issues. You know, the, when, when Texas passed the DREAM Act, it was they, they had bipartisan support. It was overwhelmingly supported. Governor Perry signed it into law. Um, and so, you know, here we are, years and years later, g moving backward. Same thing with the border issues. You know, we we'll keep having to find um, some place, some group to demonize, something, some kind of red meat to make it seem like I'm going to be out there fighting for you. And frequently, it's it's the border, it's immigrants, it's Hispanics. And so it, it will take, I think, a lot more of the internal debate among the Republican Party to say we've, we've got to keep, we've, we've got to stop going backwards like this. The Republican more Party is back. not the problem. The Democrats are the problem because they keep. I would say both. I would, keep, say, I would say, they both. Keep, say both. I would Sorry. say they both. They keep raising the, 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 the Hispanic issue. They're like, this is a Hispanic problem. He's, he's already said it's not a Hispanic problem. Yet that's what they keep saying. They run on the idea of three, vote over, for me over because three million I'm of the people here are, no, that, that are undocumented are not no. Latino. Over three million of the, of the eleven million. Are you defending million. the Democrats now? Did I say that? It sounded like it. I just wanted well, to it, add it, a it's point It's an economic to issue. It's not his. It's not Hispanic issue. This would be the you know the the fourteen oh three would apply to anyone, not just Hispanics. So the issue of having someone the ability to come and. Uh, achieved the, the dream of an education so they could better their lives and, and, and uh, society as a whole would, would benefit, it's not a Hispanic issue. So I would still be here on this stage if we're talking about Canadians, if we're talking about, you know, uh, French, it doesn't matter. It's the ability to have someone enjoy that American dream that have lived right in our neighborhoods, that work at our grocery stores, work at our restaurants, the right these kids that that through no fault or choice of their own are being excluded because they don't have a piece of paper that they didn't have the ability to get. So I'd like to ask, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'd like to ask Gabby a question. Um, it, you know, the, the, the term, go back and get in line, do it the right way. And we're tired of people cutting in line for people are, you know, and, and bumping out those who are doing it the right way. If there were a line in your country of origin, would you go there and get in it? Yes. And that's, that's the point. That's all we're asking. There, that's, that's the point. That's there is saying. no line. Even if you go back to the country of origin, there is no line because the immigration system has not, does not allow it. Like and, I said, Iceland is the same quota as Mexico. And let me say something about that. Uh, through the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program, there is this thing that's called advanced parole. And advanced parole, if they give it to you, you're able to leave the country and come back in without being subject to the three- and ten-year bar. Now, some attorneys would say, be careful, right, um, because we don't know yet. But a lot of students that have visas waiting for them in their home countries have been able to ask for advanced parole, go back to their home, and come back with green cards, especially people that have been married to U.S. citizens, which right now, before DACA, that was not available. So there are currently 4 million people in the nation that could right now get a legal status, but they can't because of arbitrary laws that have been put in place in 1996 
the three and 10 year bar, one of them being. And people are willing to do whatever it takes, if it is going back to their home country, to come back and get a green card. I wanted to, to add something to what Veronica was saying about going backwards. Um, I do believe that in this issue and trying to repeal 1403, we are gonna go backwards. Texas was the first state to do in-state tuition along with California. And I think that Texans should be very proud of that because they led the nation. They saw that they had an issue. They saw that there was a lot of Latinos, and yes, this affects majority Latinos, and I think that's why usually when it's talked about, that's who we talk about. But a lot of young people were dropping out of high school. They turned 16, they said, well, I can't go to college. Why continue? So they said, I'm gonna go into the workforce and go to work. Well, 1403 changed that around and has allowed for hundreds uh, and thousands of students to be able to go to school. It's less usually than 1% of the population, but at least it's helping people. There's a student from UT Austin that I saw recently in Washington, D.C., and she has her master's degree in pharmacy. She's in Washington, D.C. doing a residency there at the Children's Hospital, making UT Austin proud going out and, and fulfilling her dream, but also contributing to the society, being there, being able to help and support. Since 2001, we have 21 states that have passed this similar in-state tuition legislation. And just last year, and actually just this year, we have had Florida, and the Florida governor realized, hey, I need to do something about this, and I need to show Latinos that I'm serious about immigration, or at least this issue. What did he do? He he went behind it. The, the people that submitted were both Republicans in the House and the Senate. So some Republicans are realizing that being against things like institution, 1403, it's really going to hurt their party. And the majority of the population is for it. New Jersey did it. Virginia did it. Maryland did it. And the states continue to add. They realize that this is a good thing. This, and even if we don't talk about immigration, it's a good economic thing. It's a good thing for the, the country and for just the young people that live within the communities that uh, are going to be affected if they get the opportunity to go to school or not. All right. Thank you. You know, I think uh, I'm going to open it up to questions because we're uh, getting towards that time. So there should be a microphone. Uh, there and so if uh, you can uh, address your question either to the whole panel or to a specific panelist. Okay. Uh, uh, and uh, speak up into the microphone. Sure. Please. I would like to address my question. I would like to address my question to uh, Representative. I mean, excuse me, Mr. Rodriguez. Uh, and I would like to take the uh, possibility of deportation of the 12 million people off the table since that's not really a possibility. And I would like to ask you why is it okay for, if this in-state tuition bill is repealed and these students may have to pay up to four times more in tuition, why is it okay for those students to pay that money and any taxes that are unavoidable regardless of status? Why is it okay for the government to take, and I hate to use your word, but illegal money? The, the government to take illegal money? Yeah, yeah in illegal. the form of yeah. sales taxes. And but shouldn't be here anyway. Property they shouldn't taxes. be here anyway. Well, hey, they're paying, they've got to pay something. <laughs> they need to pay something. I yeah. have a, do, do you I, really I believe have... what you say or just say things to be provocative? <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, I, this I is so a... absurd. The things Look, that come out of, out of your conversation... Legally. It's beyond absurd. This is this so is it's, it's not even rational. Illegal, it's okay? okay for them to pay out-of-state tuition, but not okay to pay in-state tuition. No, I, they should pay out-of-state tuition because they're not residents. They are not residents. What do you? What don't you? What's well, your definition? Well, residents, 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 a, ge a geographic definition. These they are, are Texans. Not, they are not. Texans. Yes, sir. They are Texans. They so it's okay. They, they pay, pay taxes in Texas. They've paid. Okay. They paid city and county and So it doesn't state matter taxes. that they entered the United States. No, sir. Illegal. It doesn't they matter. Didn't. It doesn't they are Texas parents. citizens. Okay. I just want to, okay, if that is yes. your definition. That is I my definition. It's, okay. it's a geographic if definition. If that is okay, then. We're talking then about so. ge That's geographic definition of where they are. They've met the criteria of being here more than three years. I feel that that's wrong. Well, if that's but, okay. but that's what, that's good question. Okay. Good question. Where is the gentleman there? Good question. All right, let's get the next question here. Oh, I'm sorry. Next question. Sorry. Hi, my name is Patty Estrada, journalist from Semana News, uh, Houston, Texas. Uh, Mr. Rodriguez, um, by the way, wonderful last name. <laughs> 
how are the how the dreamers are hurting this country? Give me just three examples. They're not necessarily hurting the country. They're not necessarily. They are just here illegally. But they are. And, and they are here illegally. Okay. And the problem is illegal immigration. They are here. They because somebody brought them in illegally. Okay. Get back in line and come in the legal way. There no There's way. a right way and a wrong way to yes, enter the United States. Show me the line, please. And show, we show cannot. Gabby the line. Show me the line. And, and uh, my question for Gabby. Yes. If you got your Jewish citizenship, what will be the first thing that you will do for this country? So I think one of the things that's really important to me, um, and it's funny, uh, I dream of serving in a jury. Um, because I feel that that's a responsibility, and I cringe when people try to get out of serving in a jury. They, you know, call in sick or say they want to. Um, I think another thing that I, I would never take for granted is voting. I think that one of the reasons why uh, we are where we're at is because not a lot of people vote, and not a lot of people um, vote not just in um, primaries, but also during um, midterm elections, and I think that that's really important. And I think that the other thing that I really want to do is show politicians what it is to be a true public servant. And so my hope is to one day be able to have the opportunity to serve my nation, to serve my country, my community by becoming a public servant. When you say, so my country is this country. Yes, the United States. Thank you. Yes, yes uh, next I, question. I have a question or a two-part question for Rodriguez. But before I do, uh, he made several statements at the beginning of uh, the debate that I would like to enlighten and correct about. Um, he said apologizing for being American and conservative. I think uh, you can't just hijack what it means to be American to label it just as conservative. I think we're all Americans, and there's many kinds of Americans. There's black Americans, there's Native Americans, there's white, Latino, all kinds of Americans, and I think that's not right. First of all, that um, creating this sort of immigration, being a magnet to uh, attract people to come here, I think that's incorrect. People are going to come here because this is a great country full of opportunities, but um, you know, the United States is number 17 in education. It has a bad uh, health care system. It has the higher incarceration rates in the country. So I, I would like to, you know, before you speak in, in front of a panel, to say things that actually uh, speak. And then my question is, uh, why won't conservative um, embrace what it means to be American and, and embrace diversity and participate in a solution that brings uh, a preemptive uh, a preemptive uh, solution to this immigration problem that opens ourselves to the world. I think it's, it's, uh, it's silly to think that we're just going to close the door and not let everyone in. That's something that's happening. It will continue to happen. And I want to know why um, the conservative won't engage in a, in, a, in, in a debate that will bring a solution because we all, we're all interested in finding a solution. Okay. Yeah. George, did you want to I guess I'm respond? the only conservative up here. Um, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure what, um, what, you're, what you're really talking about in the sense that we're hijacking anything. Um, well, you said that... Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The solution that we see is, first of all, the first step has got to be to secure the border and to enforce the law. But that's, that's been done. No, it's not. The we disagree. The it's been done. We disagree. It's, it's been done. There's zero disagree. illegal immigration coming well, through the border. Well, there you have it. I thought there's, you wanted my, no my response. There's no immigration coming. But, but I thought you wanted my response. That's my response. My response is it's not happening, and it needs to happen. It's, who says it's not happening? Where do you find? Because there's zero. I have been to the border. I've seen it. I've you, seen, you can't just I've claim kids. that you've seen it because you cannot claim a, an anecdotal you know, evidence. Okay. Let's, let, in let's today's get it, times, let's, it's I, not secure enough. Okay. All right. There's some other people with questions. The There's some other people with questions. I want to get some other <laughs> questions in here. Yes? You haven't met my friends. Though. Hi. My name is Deborah, and I'll save you all 23 years of my family's immigration history just to let you know that I benefited from HB 1403, also known as SB 1528. Um, I've been here since I was four years old. I'm now 23. And I graduated from UT Austin this past May. And the only reason I was able to attend this great university is because of in-state tuition for undocumented immigrants. I hate that you all keep saying illegal, but, you know, whatever. 
And I, this panel's called What to Do with Dreamers. You want to know what to do with us? Let us use our degrees. Let us give back to the communities that we live in and love. And give me a chance to stop fighting for uh, in-state tuition because I've been doing this for a while. I've been lobbying at the Capitol and making sure that students like myself aren't robbed of our right to an education. And I hate that we waste so much time lobbying the, the halls of the Capitol, um, trying to keep our in-state tuition, when we could be focusing on getting licenses for our parents, guaranteeing them job security, making sure that ICE stops raiding our homes and our workplaces. Like, let us focus on things that, other things that matter. We have in-state tuition. Stop going backwards. And I just want to know, is anyone going to do, excuse me? Stop enforcing the law, is that what you're saying? No, no, not at all. Um, I'm saying allow us to give back to our community. Let me ask you this, let me ask you this question then. Okay, let's say that we did go ahead and compromise and say, all right, let's give amnesty to the dreamers. What about the thousands of kids that recently came across or the millions that want to come across or that will be brought across in the future? What are we going to do with them? That's a good point. What are we going to do with them? And, and I think, Where does it end? I think that that's why we need to, and I wish all the energy... Where does it stop? I, I wish all the energy that it's put on this debate to go back and forth, it's really put on Congress to find a solution. No, no, I think no, that the members Congress of Congress... Congress works for us. It's up to us to find the solution. Well, we, they, they not, need to vote. They need to be doing... We tell them what to do. Yeah, he but doesn't tell us what to do. Yeah, well... U.S. government, I was taught that it is Congress that writes the laws, right? So right. They but are they the write ones the laws that, based on what the people are telling them. And the people are telling them we need immigration reform. And they are telling Some them people. that. Some people. Some people are they're, telling they're telling them two things. They're telling them that we need to secure our borders and we need immigration reform. And it's not either or because you can't have without, one without the other. You can't have border security without immigration reform. You can't have immigration reform. So, again, reform. my one question, what do we do with the I think it's Veronica really important you wanted to, to know so, about being an American. American means being a nation of immigrants. And we cannot try to hide the sun with one finger and think that this issue is ever going to be resolved. We're lying to ourselves if we think that if we build these huge walls both in uh, the southern and northern border, that that's going to end. But we, what we do need is to figure out how to reduce the fact that we have 12 million people who aren't authorized or undocumented in this country. And what we, de- we do need to realize is that there are people gaining from the fact that there are people who are not here uh, uh, without a legal status. And a lot of those people include President Obama, Boehner, the Democrats and Republicans, and politicians that use this issue as a political football to throw it back and forth. And that's just the reality. Congressman, did you want to jump in on that? or? Um, I mean, well, you know, again, what I would, you know, ask George is that, you know, if he thinks that, uh, that, that we have a problem, then I would like for him to call Boehner up. Uh, we go back well, in November and ask Boehner to put, put, a bill, my congressman. put a bill on the floor. Well, but, you know, you have Tea Party influence. You could talk, call some Tea Party groups We've in put, Ohio. We, we have and he's the Speaker of the House. Sure. And he's the Speaker he's of the House. Speaker. He's yeah, our Speaker. Right. Yep. And ask him to put a bill on the floor. No, I would that ask Congress to vote on. We have asked. You, you're saying we have a broken system. You're saying have, that we have asked the president, your president. Okay. No, president, I, he hasn't shown that to be to the the, everybody's of the, president. Of the United He's been States. divisive. The United States. And he has not chosen to do anything to enforce the laws and, or protect the border, and that's a fact. George, he's your president. And again, you should call your speaker of the house. No. We have one speaker. The speaker listens should, to us. And, the speaker and listens you should to ask us. He's not going to push forward comprehensive we, re- You're saying that we have a problem. The speaker said that we need immigration reform. He's not going to go forward because it's did. too big. He did. What we, need, what we need is enforcement at the border. and, and uh, Let me ask you, as a, as a fiscal conservative, let me ask you something. You're saying that you want to... Basically, I mean, it, what, what you're talking about would be very extreme in that it, it sounds like it would shut down the border. We do business with Mexico. Our economy is very dependent upon us being able to have uh, easy access between Mexico and the United States. Oh, it's, it's, 
So what would you, I mean. It's, it's very funny that you would talk about fiscalness when, when the Democrats are the ones that are spending like crazy, so. Um, Again, how, how are you going to avert fiscal, uh, a fiscal disaster by shutting down our border? To the, the young okay. woman, the recent graduate from, from UT, you said you just congratulations, number one. Um, number two, the University of Texas at El Paso has a program where we actually, or they actually expand um, the definition of, of who qualifies as a resident for in-state tuition because it's to the university's benefit to have these talented students be in the university. And so um, citizens of Ciudad Juarez from across the border can enjoy the benefits of in-state tuition. And so we want that talent. We want folks like you. We want talent like you. So come to El Paso. We'd love to have you. We'd love to have your talent. And the dream that U.S. is in El Paso as well. So that's one of UT El Paso. It's one of our partner institutions. Right. Okay. All right. Next, next question, please. So I would first like to bring up the fact that those who are undocumented cannot receive welfare. Um, so whoever's sitting watching Jerry Springer has social security numbers. Um, they're not undocumented people. Those who are undocumented are the ones that are getting paid low wages to be under the sun. And it's not because they're dumb. It's because they have to survive. Um, after that, I would like to say that I've been here since I was one. Um, I was born in Mexico City. So when you say go back home, this is my home. Like, I literally don't know Mexico at all. So that hurts. And I hope that I share your last name. And so we have ancestry. And I hope that one day you realize how much you hurt these families. And I wish I wasn't crying right now, but it's just... I'm so passionate about this, and I want to be a politician one day just to be able to say we don't all want to be broken, and we all want to work together to help those who are here in the United States. I've always been an AP student. I've been an honor student, and to see that America does not want to accept me and give me a job and let me contribute, it's really disheartening because I consider this my country, and to see that a a Rodriguez does not want to consider me a worker for you. I just hope to be a public servant who teaches completely the opposite to that. And thank you so much for whatever you think you're doing. George, how do you, would you, how do you, how do you argue with emotions? How do you argue with emotion? You're the first one Again, the fact of the matter is that the law was broken. And what do we do? Okay, so we go ahead and grant her amnesty. Okay? What, what is that going to do for the thousands that they came across recently and the millions that want to come across? The parents, there are lots of parents all over the world that would love to send their kids to America. What do you do with them? You have a system right. uh, that allows them to no, do One more question. Well, it's, it's more a comment on what you just said and what the young lady very bravely said there. I'm Cherokee Choctaw, my mother, okay? I'm looking around this room. <laughs> By our standards, most of y'all are immigrants. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're welcome for the houses, and we say thanks for the blankets. Uh, and those of you who got that. <laughs> anyway, um... So my question is, when you're talking about illegal aliens and children that were brought over as young, young children, and I used to teach public school, there's a Supreme Court ruling that says when those children appeared in my classroom, and I taught in a Title I, I had quite a few of these kids. I had quite a few girls just like you, okay? And they're not... What was it that you called them? Contraband or whatever that was? Contraband. They they're, came like contraband. They came but like they contraband. are not contraband. They're <laughs> like humans. Contraband. They're kids. You amazed they're me. my kids. Well, you were in charge of outreach in Harris County, sure. right? <laughs> How'd that work out? So when they showed up... We're having a spirited no, debate. No, 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 it is no. what it is. He's calling it for what it is. I think we need You're to hold people accountable. And, and, I am... For I, the words you are extreme, and you're not rational, why, and you're making why. statements that are just to be provocative. There's no it way is, that a rational that person... Nothing wrong with being a provocateur. That is the only way to discuss it. With all respect, we all have different opinions. Gentlemen, yeah. 
The point is, when those children showed up in my classroom, the Supreme Court said, regardless of how I felt about the contraband that showed up in my classroom, I was required to give them as good an education as every other child that showed up in my classroom. Whether those kids were differently abled, whether those kids were differently colored, they could be polka dotted, didn't matter. I was to teach them, didn't matter where they were from, and I could not ask them where they were from legally. Now, here's my question to you. If you're saying that these children brought over here by their parents are illegal and need to go back, I'm asking you, as a Choctaw Cherokee woman, how far back, how many generations does that go? Because guess what, folks? I taught U.S. history and Texas history, and there's quite a few folks that kind of like bypassed Ellis Island and came in on our shores. And I'm looking at y'all, Irish folks. I'm looking at y'all, Italian folks. I'm looking at plenty of people. I mean, we tend to think of this as being very Texas-centric. How many generations, sir, do you intend that we should go back if illegal, by your definition, is illegal? If every person that came here to our shore without going through the normal, legal, documented way is illegal, how many generations do we go back? Two generations, three, four, five, seven generations, like the Bible says? How many, sir? George, how, many, how long has your family been here? On one side, five generations. On the other side... And how did they come in? <laughs> Mine came across the Bering Strait. Like contraband, yeah. Well, okay. but the first illegal immigrants in, this, in the state of Texas were people who had names like mine. And they came across the Sabine, not the Rio Bravo. And they came here because they weren't sponsored by an impresario such as Stephen F. Austin. So we have a long history of illegal immigration. And the biggest period of that occurred in 1914 to 1918 when a million people came from Mexico during the revolution, the Mexican Revolution. And people sent their children here to get out of the violence between the cartels, except they weren't cartels. It was the various revolutionary factors. There, none of this is new. And we can learn from what happened 100 years ago, and it applies to what we do today. But again, the, we have to figure out what do we do with those who are here, because we ain't deporting them. It ain't happening, no matter how much you believe in the rule of law. And I think you kind of it, it, it admitted that that's probably not going to happen. So what do we do is the question. George, did you want to talk about your own background, your own family background, or did you want to add There's to that nothing or? to say about the family background, because the issue is not... I mean, it's a historical fact that we've never had a secure border. We have never had a secure border. It's time to do it. Since 1848, we have not had a secure border. It's time to do it. It's time to do it. Okay. Any other questions? Uh, I, I see one. I just yes. want to make a, a statement that I think is pretty telling, how one person who makes outlandish comments can really hold behind this conversation. Because I see one, two, three, four, five people that have been really contributing to an amazing debate to find an answer. But there's one person, and I'm not going to say any names, I don't think I need to, who's just really taking it backwards. And I know the word backwards has been used a million times, but it's probably not as many times as you've used the word illegal. So backwards, I mean, one person, that's all it takes. So hopefully you look in the mirror tomorrow and see who that one person is. We're not going backwards. We're not. You know. It's, yes, I think we have one more, one more question. I yes. just want to respond your to your trip. statement, and I want to say, it's, you know, you're saying that there's one person that's getting the whole, attra- you know, attracting everyone, and that's what the Tea Party is doing, and that's why, you know, we are where we're at, and we just got to go out and vote, people. That's all I'm going to say. Tea party. All right, thank you, everyone, for being here. Thank you to all the panelists for coming. It was a lively discussion. Thank you very much. Thank Appreciate you. it.